Cool. So I guess uh, if you don't mind, we can kind of get started here. Okay. So you, you you describe yourself as an atheistic meta pantheist. Is that correct? That's right. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. I am kind of, sort of, maybe a little bit familiar with uh, that term, but honestly, I don't know much about it, and I'm sure it probably means different things to different people. So, Yeah, what I does pretty it mean much to you? Uh, developed it myself, and um, I mean, of course, uh, atheism, agnostic atheism and atheism has been around since, uh, you know, almost time immemorial. Uh, and then pantheism has been around pretty much in the... Uh, in the Hindu kind of uh, sect, you know, since what six thousand BC or four thousand BC or somewhere around there. Okay. And uh, what are the the beliefs of pantheism? My main parts of my pantheistic views or atheistic metapantheist views really rolls in um Taoism and Buddhism and Hinduism um as the main three uh core uh worldviews or or beliefs, perspectives, I guess you, you could call them, and um, really focuses on uh, what could be the called the Tao or the ground of being or emptiness as the bedrock of the... Um, foundation of it and from from there I guess you could really use a lot of um, symbolism and that kind of um, uh, perspective Sim to interpret interpret the world even through uh, Greek mythology um and Christianity even and even um uh Luciferianism and Native American beliefs um like with um with a part of Christianity that I really like is uh, one I've used to be a Christian mm -hmm. um, when I was growing up. I grew up between um, Methodist churches and Baptist churches, so it felt really like a uh, a mix of hellfire and forgiveness in between what I was growing up between. Um, and I feel like now, in a way, 
I have melded those old traditional beliefs into how I've developed my own way of thinking about atheistic metapantheism, um, which okay. like a new like a Bible verse that I've really uh, gotten into is um, I think it's out of Luke. Um, the kingdom of heaven is within you. And I take that really uh, symbolically, metaphorically, okay. and philosophically. Um, you want to you want to talk about symbolism for a moment? I think that might yeah. be something interesting. So, you use uh, do you use symbolism to kind of determine truth? Is is that what I'm kind of hearing? I do. Really? I do do that. Yes. Okay. okay. Um. I feel and how like does that work? I feel like there's with like the Jungian symbolism and also with symbolism with colors and numbers and also with uh, sounds. Okay. Um, yeah, like, a lot of, there's a lot of symbolism with lightning, of course, with the god Zeus and Thor. Okay. And, um, Native American beliefs, uh, with lightning in the sky and the father god. Um, and the same thing with, uh, the symbolism with colors with, um, the Hindu chakras, the red being, uh, the sacral, um, survival kind of energy, and, you know, red could also symbolize, um, you know, we use it in today in the modern world for stop signs or red lights, but okay. in, uh, but matadors can also use it for um, to to signal for uh, bulls to charge. You know what I mean. Okay, and I so... feel like there's a lot of duality in our nature when it comes to uh, the yin and the yang. When it comes to symbolism, when it comes to uh, our just human nature, when it comes to colors. And um, sounds and numbers and and all that, and even in numerology also. So and sacred it, geometry. So, let's maybe we can concentrate on the the color example because I think that one's seems pretty straightforward. So, yeah. you believe that colors have certain like properties? Is that a good way of putting it? It, it could be, yes, uh, color seems to be in our modern world and in our, just our, in the ancient world, seems to have rooted meaning, uh, in, in them. Okay, um, so it's, 
it's like f- part it's, of it, um, like almost a uh, dualistic meanings. Um, and you can use those to help you interpret um, your daily life, your dream states, um, in, in that sense. So it's something further than just uh, photons uh, reaching our eyeballs and us interpreting it as human beings. It has uh, something deeper than that. It, it affects our, our dreams. Like if we have a dream and there's a certain color, like, like red, for example, uh, that has a very specific meaning? I feel like it does, yes. Okay. And well, I feel like we can use... I feel like um, our dream states may be a um, portal to another type of a realm that we can use for interpretation. Um, It may be another, it could be or may not be, another uh realm of existence or it could be um i i don't know all right but i I feel like um you can use your dreams in a jungian sense and um for interpretation yeah okay well i'm gonna write that down and maybe we can circle back to that because uh, that might be a whole nother, uh, whole nother discussion, possibly. But I guess regarding colors, and I, I guess thinking of a specific example, let's let's say red, uh, and, and red might uh, symbolize something specific. Uh, what makes you believe that red has some sort of uh, properties beyond just uh, looking at it and seeing red, and potentially just uh, you know? seeing that color well you could say it could or could not at at the root of things nothing has any meaning at the root Mm. of things Mm -hmm. okay um it's nothing but our narrative sense that we give it meaning but it seems that um We've woven ourselves in these meanings, uh, and we use them to uh, understand the world. You know what I mean? Okay. So, so perhaps are you saying that colors uh, us humans just assign a meaning, and that ends up being their meaning, or does is it something that, else? That's something? usually how it seems to be. Okay. Um, you can look through it through your own lens of, of, say, of your own culture or multiple cultures or all of them comparatively uh, interconnected uh, viewpoints um, and how they conflict with each other and use that for interpretation. Okay, so if, like, let's say a new company is started and they use the color 
red, since we've been talking about red so much. They use the color red in their logo or in their main uh, color scheme for, uh, you know, their branding, right? Uh, if we look at that, we can draw meaning from that. We can kind of try to figure out why they used it and uh, kind of see what they were, they were getting at. Um, but there's no special uh, other reason. Like there's no, um, the universe isn't uh, making red this color because it uh, wants people to be fierce or give them energy or, you know, et cetera, et cetera. It just happens to be. Uh, something that we've seen for a long time as humans and associate with certain things? Well, <clears throat> in a sense, yes, in a sense, no. Hmm. Okay. Um, because we have, we are part of the universe that is experiencing itself, that is interpreting what we think of it of itself and and we are interpreting you know how um how to do that hmm in hmm interesting like who is who's setting what the colors have meanings. Is it humans alone that are setting? Yes, it's they... humans as a whole. I feel like it's humans as a whole. It's nature. Uh, it's the universe in general. It's all of it interconnectedly and, you know, comparatively. Okay. Is this like a, a, a natural process where let's say um... it is a natural pro it is a natural okay. Okay. it is a naturalistic process because the universe create uh, you know was created and we came out of the universe we came out of the earth we evolved from the earth from uh, most likely a biogenesis and evolution, mm -hmm. and these naturalistic means have evolved to give us the uh, intelligence to prescribe meaning to uh, these colors, sounds, uh, numbers emotions and everything of that sort okay okay you know i think we're on the same page there for the most part so cool very cool if you don't mind i think maybe now might be a good time to go back to talking about the the dreams the i think that was that was pretty interesting um so i think you said something along the lines of dreams uh, are, or I think you mentioned could be, uh, portals to like another world or dimension or something like that? Yes, like, yes it could be. I mean, okay. our, our minds interpret the world as it is now. We have no idea what something truly looks like 
or is, except for through our mind's perspective. Hmm. And it, we, I mean, where does our mental image of our dreams take place? It takes place in the mind somewhere. Where where does that image take place? Where does our image of the world take place? Does it take place only in our minds? Does it take place on in the outer world? Is it a combination of both? Hmm. How would we find that out? What's up? How would we find that out? Is there a test we could do to figure out if it takes place just in our minds or in the outer world or both? There may not be any test. Hmm. Okay. Um, maybe, um, there's a possibility that I think that there may be, I'm, I'm no philosopher, I'm just a layman when it comes to um, philosophy, and I'm just a layman when it comes to uh, the sciences, you know, but I, sure. but I, I like to read up on philosophy. I like to read up on science and scientific skepticism and mm-hmm. um, all the religious backgrounds that interest me. And there, there may be some kind of um, test in the future that that could come along that could okay. maybe help develop, uh, help see that. Um, maybe in something uh, subjectively, like a subjective test of um, of the cell. There's there's a lot of subjective testing in in Zen practice of wit- witnessing uh, the knower and. And um, and that kind of sort. Okay. And and, and there is also subjective, uh, objective testing when it comes to, um, you know, quantum mechanics. Okay. Well, um, I guess going back to to my question, so. I asked if there was a test that we could conduct, and it kind of sounds like currently maybe there's not a conclusive test that we could conduct as of uh, you know today, but perhaps there could be in the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you kind of agree with that? Am I kind of where we kind of on the same I page do. there? There's um, okay. there's a lot of work with the quantum side with this with um with um, a book that I read early on in my child uh, teenage years 
was the uh, the holographic universe. I don't know mm -hmm. if you ever heard, ever heard of it. it yeah, was, it, it, it's, I have. It's pretty good. I mean, it deals with some really good subjects. And there's also, um, when it comes to, like, inf what's really interesting is what comes into uh, information theory. And there's a book by uh, Seth Lloyd called uh, Programming the Universe. He's a quantum physicist that um, is a really cool book. Yeah, I've I've looked into to some of those, and all of it is really interesting. The the one thing that that's always kind of in the back of my mind in regards to some of the stuff that I read is: Are any of these uh, books or writings do they have a test that can conclusively uh, say one way or the other? Is there a yeah. test you know that can you conclusively say? yes, dreams are a portal to another world, or is it, is it something else that they're, is it, is it just speculation, you know? Yeah, uh, it, right? it, 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 may, it may be just speculation, but it seems okay. that it's at least a portal into our symbolic meaning, you know what I mean, at least. Hmm, symbolic meaning. Yeah. Honestly, I'm not really sure what you mean by that. Like, uh, if you picked up, if you was in a dream and you was just walking around in a walking trail and you picked up a, uh, a hiking stick, what does a hiking stick do? What do you use it for in the real world? Did you say a hockey stick? No, a, a hiking stick. Oh, okay, I don't know what that is. Oh, you don't know what... You know, just like a... A stick that you help to hog with. I'm, uh, sorry, I'm having, a, having trouble understanding you. You don't know what a hiking stick is? Like, you never went hockey, hockey before? Hockey? Like ice hockey? Like playing no, on the rink? No, hiking. Hiking. Gotcha. I'm sorry. I understand now. Gotcha. Hiking uh, it, stick. My, okay. su yep. my southern accent might be coming through. <laughs> Maybe a little bit. And the audio is a little distorted. But I got you now. I understand. I mean, a, a hiking stick is to help stable you and to help... Mm -hmm. um, you know, helping you along your path on on the trail and on your path, and it's like another leg to to help you further you on your path. So, right, right. <clears throat> I feel like you can use the symbology of things in everyday life to help you interpret your dreams. Okay. Yeah. I, th I understand. Okay, so like if you have a dream about this uh, hiking stick and, uh, you know, perhaps it's something in your actual life that you need to, to stabilize. Maybe you're in an unstable situation and you need to, 
to work on that and resolve that issue. Exactly. But I guess what I'm what I'm wondering is maybe that's a element of psychology. Maybe it's some background in your in your brain, perhaps, right? Yeah, I, I would say I would say exactly exactly that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're on the same page then. So that's awesome. But what does that have to do with uh, dreams being portals into another world? Well, nothing really. Um, okay. I mean, they it, it, it could they could be like I said they could be and they couldn't be, you know. Okay. Gotcha. Is there, is there, what is the best reason, or your your best reason, I suppose? Uh, or actually, you know what? I'm gonna ask a different question here. For dreams uh, being a portal, uh, like into another world of some sort, uh, what is your confidence that that is the case, that that is the truth? Uh. I'd say around 55%. Okay, 55%. Yeah. I'd and say a little so bit that... more than I'd say a little a little bit more than uh than uh 50%. I feel okay. like um there are with the many worlds interpretation of quantum mechanics I, and I feel like our brains are optical lenses of perception that we mm. that we use in um, everyday lives, or that our brains use uh, naturally by themselves when we're unconscious. That they that they could be uh, seeing into other realms. Or other worlds of the multiverse. Okay. I mean, like I said, my confidence is fifty-five percent. And fifty-five percent. And, 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 and I'd be totally fine if I was wrong on that five percent. Okay. So that um, fifty-five percent does that mean it's like slightly more likely to be true than to be untrue? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I would. Awesome. I would say so. All right. But but I would but I would still still find if it's you know if that five percent was not warranted. If there isn't a test that we can conduct to figure out if dreams are a portal into another world, should we be fifty five percent confident that it's true, a little bit more confident that it's true than untrue? Should we be a little bit more confident? Yeah, if there's not a, a, a really good test to see if it's true or not, should we be at 55% or should we be somewhere else? Well, it, it's like whether or not we're in base reality of assimilation. Mm -hmm. there is, it, we're very likely that we are not in base simul in in a uh, base simulation right now, um, 
the fact that our universe is programmable by quantum bits and that we can pro can simulate the universe um, given a, a large enough, large enough um, large large enough computer or uh, simulation um, and the fact that the many worlds um, quantum theory is I feel like uh, has a lot of uh, solid math behind it um, which uh, Sean Carroll I've, I've read I've, I've not read I've listened to quite a bit of Sean Carroll's um, book I can't remember the name right now uh, let me look that's all right no, that's that's quite all right. I think yeah, I, I, I got feel, a I feel few like, questions. I feel like the um yeah, I feel like um there's at least one universe that's already created ours, probably in the infinite universes. There's there's our, there's at least one that's simulating us, and it, this universe um might be it. Okay, so. I guess let's let's assume that that is true and that we are living in a in some sort of simulated universe. We may be living in a simulated universe inside of mm -hmm. a, a parallel universe, and you know, from the uh, new world. Uh, sure. You know, what would what would the world look like if we were not living in a simulation? What would be different? We wouldn't know. Hmm. We wouldn't know. We wouldn't know at all. If that's the case, then why why would one believe that we are living in a simulation? Is is from the many many worlds standpoint, um, it's inevitable that. There's at least one out of infinite universes that has already done it. Hmm. Does that uh, definitively conclude that we're a part of that? Yeah, pretty much. It does. How yeah. does? How did you come to that conclusion? Pretty much rational logic. Rational logic. Okay. Yeah, pretty pretty much. I mean, like, I mean, you, I mean, you just think out the steps. If there's an infinite amount of universes, there are able, or there is an infinite amount of universes that are not able to compute our universe, and there's an infinite amount of universes that are able to compute our universe. And so that also can mean there is at least that also can mean <clears throat> that there's an infinite amount of universes um, that is simulating our universe. If you want to go that route, um, actually, I 
want to back up a step. Um, you said that we know there is an infinite amount of universes. Yeah. Um, what makes you like, believe? It seems like there would be. Hmm. There could be something. It could be a number so large it might as well be infinite or infinite. Either one. Okay. And when you say uh, universes, uh, you mean like... Multiverses, yeah. Multiverses, okay. I, I, I guess maybe we should concentrate on that. That might be kind of the, the main part we should focus on. Uh, what makes you believe that there are multiple universes? Um, I mean... When it shows that every single time there's a a quantum action uh, taking place, whether something is flipping either uh, up or down, or someone's making an action, that the universe is splitting up. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. And where where that where that energy is coming from, um, no one really knows. But it seems like um, it's a pretty much a free lunch, and okay. that um, it just could be coming out of uh, what could be called uh, emptiness or a, a, a quantum vacuum. Quantum fluctuations, quantum quantum fluctuations of uh, emptiness. Okay. Yeah, I'd like to. And, to and, and the Buddhists, I mean, the Buddhists have this view of emptiness also, and mm -hmm. it also really goes down with the 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 Tao inside of Taoism. That how it also reconnects back to Taoism. And how the Tao in the chapter 42 of the Tao, um, Tao Da Ching, it goes, the Tao created one emptiness, um, and then it created two, and then it created three, and three begat myriad things, which could be interpreted to, a lot of people say 10,000 things, but it's really, you can really interpret it to uh, moderate things. It just really means everything in existence. Okay. So, let me, let me recap for a moment. So, I, I got a pen in my hand. I always have a red pen that I'm jotting things down as I talk to people. And um, I'm going gonna, gonna to drop it here so you'll hear it. So it dropped and it, it fell onto my desk. So I made that, that choice and that action to, to drop the pen. But I guess what you're saying is in, a, in another universe, there was a version of myself that chose not to drop the pen. Yeah. Right? And, there's, okay. and there could be a version in the... There could be other versions of that version where you chose to only drop it halfway and catch it. Okay. Gotcha. So there's it, a it bunch of different possibilities. It could be... Okay. Every single version 
of from one to zero. It could be every version from one to a hundred, and every every alteration in between, an infinite amount of uh, universes created. And what makes you believe that there's these alternate universes that occur when uh, actions are, are taking place? Well, it seems that the math works out. I'm not no quantum physicist, but the math works out. The math works out. Can we use math just to determine that? Wouldn't we have to conduct uh, some sort of test rather than just doing some math equations? Um... There may be tests now or future tests that hmm. we could develop. Um... I, w I wouldn't know them right now. Okay. Um, but there may be. I mean, if we survive... Which I, I do believe... Uh, we survive on the will survive to be able to build a super intelligent uh, general AI with all the uh, human knowledge that will be able to outpace us and will um, benefit us in in many ways, and we will probably even uh, merge with its. Um, intelligence, but we will likely um, still try to hold on to some of our um, individuality. I think we'll take a dualistic approach where we will be so interconnected with each other and we'll have so much knowledge of each other that we will know everything about each other and and a lot of people will find that scary yeah <clears throat> um, I want to ask but you I, one but last but I think but I think well, it will inform our humanity and we will see ourselves like never before and we'll be able to ha accept ourselves for who we really are um, at, as parts of the universe and as individuals together. Okay. Okay. I, w I want to I want to ask you, Mega Chungus, one last thing. Um, I, I think we might be getting to the point where we should probably start wrapping it up. But uh, my final kind of thought here is, um, let's say there's, I don't know, uh, let's call him Adam. He uh, lived up, uh, lived in uh, somewhere in the United States. Uh, and he's just kind of your typical American, typical knowledge. And let's say he looks at this uh, belief of yours with regards to, uh, what is it? I think it's called simulation theory. And I think that kind of was tied into the, the dreams being portals into another world, it seemed like, in these multiverse 
right? Yeah. Um, what do you think that that Adam would think about it? What would what do you think his thoughts would be? And he lived out where? Uh, let's just say uh, the typical American, just somewhere smack dab in the middle. Typical American, a typical Westerner, would probably find it uh, outlandish, uh, tricky, and, um, you know, borderline crazy. I'm, I'm hmm. sure. Um, and why would they think that? There's a lot of people that really don't try to broaden their horizons and try to change who they are and only stay set in their mindsets that they grew up with. Um, you know what? You know what I mean. And yeah, I, I think so. But can someone? Uh, not believe in the multiverse or simulation theory or any of that and still try to broaden their horizons and be the best person they can be? They can, of course. Okay. Um, okay. I mean, there's Christians that are more accepting and loving of each other, and then there's Christians, there's the yin and the yang of Christians, you know, um, there's Christians that are very hateful, and there's Christians that are more accepting of, of one another, and that don't take a literal, a, a, you know, a, a literal um, viewpoint of their Bible, and then we look at it more uh, symbolically and metaphorically, which... Um, I look at it symbolically and metaphorically when it comes to uh, in the ways I've described on on here. Um, when it comes to uh, the tree of knowledge, especially, um, and our exile from paradise, instead of the snake being the devil that tempted us the snake was ourselves that wanted to know and that was our temptation and that wanted to that helped us to know more about ourselves and once we saw ourselves and be, was able to perceive ourselves and then interpret the world and to gain knowledge we weren't innocent anymore, and we left paradise and wasn't, um, we saw through the veil of nature. Hmm. And we were unlike, you know, um, we were unlike uh, many animals that um, that are like they are now uh, I mean um, you look at you look at ants 
and people um, think that ants are very innocent and they have no social structure, but there is a lot of ants that have social structures and that have uh, um, hierarchies within those um, systems, which which is a you know which is a point to my uh, political beliefs, which is why I'm not an anarchist because I believe that uh, hierarchies aren't uh, some unnatural thing that uh, shouldn't take place. I mean, I've, I have sim sympathies with uh, um, the anarchists, and I wouldn't be opposed to some kind of uh, anarchist um, uh, what do you call it? Anarchist uh, commune or something like that. Anarchist, okay. anarchist government taking place within a uh, with within a communist uh, world, total world, or uh, hiring union. Uh, you know. I'd like to make peace with them. Okay. okay. We, we can all mutually benefit from, you know, having that kind of uh, cooperative show. Okay. Very interesting. Um, I think I'm going to give uh, you an opportunity, as, as I do with everyone I speak with, to ask me any questions that you'd like uh, about me or what I'm doing or, or anything, really. And then um, I suppose we can pretty much call it a wrap. What's your background in in uh, epistemology? Sure. Um, you mean background as in like? Do you have what's... any uh, formal study? Ah, that's what you meant. Uh, no, I, I don't. Um, I actually got into it uh, from Anthony Magnabosco. Um, is he, is that somebody you've heard of? I've, I have heard of him. I don't know. Uh, what he deals with, what does what does he deal with? Sure, he he's not the one who created it, but he definitely is the one who made it popular. Uh, what is called uh, street epistemology. Uh huh. And uh, he's got uh, a YouTube channel where he goes out and talks to people, uh, similarly to to what I do, but he does it in in real life. And um, I think I've heard his name in atheist circles. Yes, yeah, he is an atheist, and street epistemology is pretty popular among atheists. Um, yeah. Not exclusive, but uh, yeah, yeah. So it's just uh, it's just a tool for better conversations, really. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Cool. Okay. Anything else you got? Oh, and um, you want to put a link. So people can find me or something like that or yeah yeah sure that's no problem okay yeah um just to to your facebook profile or i mean i'll put yeah. pretty much any link um okay i mean i say i have a cult i've got one paying member and uh you know 
I've got a few honorary non-paying members uh, I would include in, in that. Uh, it's, a, it's a joke. It's, it, it's a game. It's a serious game, if you want to call it that. Um, but uh, I would say, my, last off, I want to put my influences are um, and my, the background of how I really got here is uh, the background really how I really got here is really through um, Native American I believe um, growing up Methodist and Baptist and also um, going into more new agey kind of stuff when I was a teenager and then I became a Buddhist then I became a uh, secular Buddhist and then I became an agnostic atheist and it's I've really pretty much uh, have stayed an agnostic atheist and a skeptic um, for quite a few years and I've recently within the past uh, two or three years have gotten back into um, more Eastern philosophy and re religion when it comes to uh, Alan Watts and uh, Ram Dass and all that. But uh, people can find me on Facebook on uh, through uh, Mega Chungus. That's my meme account. And uh, they can find me on there pretty much. And then, um, yeah, pretty much it, I guess. Okay. Awesome. All right. It's been a pleasure talking to you, Mega Chungus. But uh, I'm gonna have to have to let you go here, and maybe we'll be able to speak again. Um, but until then, I hope you uh, hope you take care. No problem. All right. Thanks again. Yeah. Bye. Bye.